College game day is not coming to Syracuse, and Carlos Veterello is the most disappointing player on the Syracuse football team this season. We're going to talk about all that and more on Locked On Syracuse. It starts right now. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte and Valentine with you on your Tuesday episode of Locked On Syracuse. Thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. And today's episode of Locked On Syracuse is sponsored by Simply Save Home Security with fast protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. 24-7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown college to learn more. Uh, and here we are. I said there's no game day in Syracuse this season. I wish there were, and I hope the whoever the, the governing body of where they decide game day is going to be, the ESPN producers, I hope they decide that I'm wrong. But I don't feel as if they're going to be nice to Syracuse fans, despite I think it's great for their show. Syracuse yeah. is one of the hottest, most exciting teams in the country right now. You don't want a spot like that? Bring the, the show to Syracuse for the first time ever, I believe. That would be Correct. awesome. Um, Owen, how do you feel about this whole issue? I, issue I, I am so desperate for it to make its way here and i think the syracuse fan base is in the same boat in that it just like you want it to happen and you've gotten so close you go back to 2018 and you think about or 2019 excuse me and you think about you start the season ranked after you have your best season in however long with a 10 and 3 record you're you're a ranked team you shut out a liberty football team to start the season then you play Maryland and you probably can lose to Maryland in a close game and still have game day, but you get torched, torn apart, limb from limb, embarrassed against a Maryland football team that I don't believe ended up being that good. They lost like 60, nothing the next week to Penn state or something. Oh, look, that was the worst loss in the Dino era by far, I think. And that, in terms of implications, I think you definitely have a case, right? And you lose game day against Clemson the following week. Like you were that everything close in changes if they win that game. Like everything is different if they win. Yeah, that game. I agree. There really is a huge change if that game is won. You were so close to game day that year. This year, you come around, right? The expectations are what the expectations are, but you've all of a sudden got three wins against Power Five teams. You're five and zero. Oh. You're a ranked football team. And after the bye week, you've got an NC State team coming to the Dome that is 14th right now and is playing a really solid Florida State team. Uh, and with a win against Florida State can be close to that top 10 threshold if a couple of things go their way this week as well. Uh, it's going to be you know, a top 15 team against a top 20 
five, maybe even pushing top 20 team. Uh, also, depending on how things go this week, uh, that is a case that is probably the best case Syracuse has had for game day in some time. We've been seeing the rumblings on Twitter today. It's the first time as long as NC State stays ranked, which we discussed before we hopped on, doesn't seem like something likely uh, or they're, that they're likely to fall out of the rankings, even with a loss to Florida State, if that were to happen. It's the first time two ranked teams will be playing in the Dome. Uh, on the football field since 2001. It's been 21 years since that's happened. This is the best case that Syracuse has had to host game day, uh, probably ever. Um, maybe there are some some other spots where uh, I'm not thinking of off the top of my head where they've had a case, but you think, right, they haven't been 5-0? Since... since 2019, no. This is the best case they've had. Because they haven't yeah. been ranked since that Maryland. I'm game. saying even in in some time before that, probably the best case they've had would be this NC State game as well, uh, which I guess says something about the the cases that they've given ESPN to bring game day to Syracuse. But there really haven't been a ton of like why is game day not coming here moments, and it's more so been you know they haven't had that convincing case. This is the most convincing case I think I've seen out of them. Uh, that comes to immediate memory. And if I'm missing something, uh, hit us in the replies or shoot us a DM or whatever, because uh, I'm curious to know if I'm just mentally missing something right now or if this really is the first you know, true case that they've had in some time for game day. Yeah, I mean, Syracuse football, I mean, unless they really step it up during this six-week stretch, and hey, uh, some people out there want us to be the spreader of positive vibes, which I'm happy to be. If they can go out there and go into week 12 with one loss or something, which is, in my opinion, wildly unlikely, but possible, yeah. then that'll be the peak of excitement. But for now, there's a decent chance going into this week, it's the peak of excitement this year for the regular season. Um, just because undefeated team against a top 15 team. Uh, I mean, like you said, first time since 2001 that Syracuse is going to play a ranked opponent in the Dome as a ranked opponent itself. So there's a lot of excitement going into this game. I think that they should get game day, but obviously I'm biased and so are you. Yeah. Um, Use the there connections, are... Wildak. Yeah. Use the connections. <laughs> Come on. True. There are other good games that week, which I think yeah. is another reason people um, are a little bit hesitant to say that Syracuse should have it. Alabama's got a big game against Tennessee, um, Oklahoma State, TCU, Penn State, Michigan, and then um, what? There's USC, Utah. So there's that as well. Um, and then also Mississippi State, Kentucky. There's a great tweet. That was tweeted by at Q Sports 44, where he kind of breaks down the entire game day situation. Yeah. Um, so I would go look for that if you want some more context on the situation, because he kind of shows or she, I don't know who it is, uh, shows all the situations, each game, why or why not they would put it on game day and everything. Uh, I thought it was really, really well done. So yeah. um, there's, 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 you know, a multitude of things that game day or multitude of, directions they could go but with nc state having been it against clemson two weeks ago yeah that also hurts so you know there's that to think about yeah i was gonna say right you and you look at that that tweet from at q sports 44 
And fortunately for Syracuse and their case for game day is a lot of these matchups have something that's already happened with game day or a major game day connection that's already occurred this year. Uh, like Tennessee has already hosted game day, which is big because that Alabama Tennessee game is going to be the biggest game of the week in terms of ranking, uh, barring something crazy happening, you know, this weekend uh, in terms of ranking, that is the biggest game, but that has already happened. So they have some things in their favor if you're Syracuse, but as you said, what, you know, looming against them is the fact that NC state was a part of game day this week, albeit at Clemson uh, in a deserving game this week to have game day be at Clemson. Although, and it worked out that Kansas is getting it next week. Uh, but I think that Kansas Duke game had a case uh, given the whole situation, but this is, the best chance that Syracuse has had to host game day. And I, I, I think it would be so awesome to see like the stakes of this game, the rumblings already, the push from everyone on Twitter and social media to get to the dome for this game because of the significance of it. And the best, you know, it's really turned into the best game that Syracuse hosts this year. Um, you know, you thought it was going to be Notre Dame, but now this NC state game really, is the biggest game that Syracuse hosts this year. So there's this huge push to get there already. Like if you were to be able to turn it into that full day thing, starting with game day, getting into a tailgate and then going to a game, uh, that would be pretty awesome. Another knock is, and yes, you know, you can make a change. You can flex things if it's appropriate. It's a 3.30 game on ACC Network when all is said and done. It's not the primetime look you're looking for. It's not the, you know, the network recognition you're necessarily looking for, which I guess you can say says enough in terms of why they're not going to bring game day here. If that ends up being the case, I just think as I look into this more and more, uh, I am not convinced on the likelihood that it comes to Syracuse, even given what I just joked about in the John Wildback connection, uh, which I don't think you know, should not be considered at all in this conversation because it's definitely worth something. It's kind of hard to ignore. I mean, that's the guy that yeah. would have been the top guy at ESPN if he didn't come be the Syracuse AD. So kind of a tough thing to ignore, but at the same time, I don't know how much it actually changes things. It looks like it won't. So uh, way the cookie crumbles. Anyway, let's take a little bit of a break. I'm going to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is back, people. Uh, and I'm going to take you know, a, a chance to, to tell you about something great. All right. Built has done it again, people. They have made cookie dough chunk puffs that have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course they're covered in a hundred percent real chocolate, all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to built.com run to snag a box for you and the family. It's the perfect treat. Or if you're Owen, you find a good hiding place, you hoard them for yourself. You just eat those things all day, all night. Uh, like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough, light, fluffy texture. They're good, man. What's great about Built is that all the bars are also made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Go 
Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN15, that's all one word, LOCKDOWN15, and get 15% off your order. Promo code is LOCKDOWN15. All right, we're back. Uh, Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you on your Tuesday episode. Very exciting. Um, let's talk biggest disappointments and biggest surprises, not necessarily in that order, uh, for Syracuse football this season. You already heard my take on biggest disappointments, so yeah, we will start there. Uh, it's Carlos Vettorello, okay? This guy, Carlos Vettorello, has the gall, has the audacity to be this bad. Uh it, he is just, he really, it pains me because I want to like Vettorello, but he has just been not very good for the entirety of his time at Syracuse. Redshirt Jr., he's been here for a million years, uh, and it seems like every penalty is him, or at least like 70% of the offensive line penalties are him. How do you have a false start? You're the center. I don't get it. It makes no sense. A snap infraction? Like, what are you doing, Carlos? Uh, figure it out. Um, also, most sacks, oftentimes I feel like Carlos is missing those blocks. He's a guy that, you know, you come into this year, you think of this offensive line, it's Matthew Bergeron. That's the guy you think of. But yeah, secondarily, it's kind of Carlos because he has been all over the line. 2019, when Syracuse's offensive line was really struggling, they were playing Carlos at left tackle and service at center. And then right at the end of the year, they were like, hmm, maybe this Carlos guy is not very good. Let's put him in center and service at left tackle. And it worked because service was better. And Vettorello isn't very good. And, you know, I don't mean to rag on Carlos, but it's just I've been disappointed with, with what's going on. Tough yeah. love. Tough love, right? Prove him wrong. Carlos, uh, please. We would love to see it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's unfortunate to watch sometimes and just frustrating uh, because it seems like the O-line has struggled and they have struggled with penalties. And then it's specifically, it seems like with all too great a frequency, it, it is something with him, uh, which is unfortunate to see uh, because of, I'm not, I don't want to say the true expectations of this, O-line, but it was anticipated that this O-line was making a big jump. And they've improved, but not to the level that you really have wanted them to uh, at this point. And the penalties really, amongst a few things, have been that kryptonite. I think penalties are just sort of, you know, your your exact case in point uh, for this discussion in terms of the struggles that they've had. And then with Vettorello being, I guess, the the poster child for that so far this year. Uh, definitely my, I, I, I copped out, I guess, but I think it's a, it's a good point in terms of my biggest disappointment. Uh, I've gone with a trio that going into the season, I had pinned as sort of the three headed monster that was going to be the Syracuse receiving core. And I did so because, you know, you look at Syracuse's 2021 stats and outside of Sean Tucker, these are your three highest receiving yards individuals or your 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 three players with the with the highest total receiving yards and that's Courtney Jackson, Damian Alford and Anthony Quilly. 
Um, and I will say that Courtney Jackson has been the best of the three this year, which I guess makes sense because expectations based on last year's numbers had him as the best of the three in terms of last year's numbers. But I expected this, this trio to be, I guess, a, a far more frequent occurrence in terms of catching the ball and being a part of this offense and outside of Courtney Jackson, who I guess has sort of been like that every other game type of guy in terms of getting the ball and his, his catches and things of that nature, he's been getting his fill more or less like two catches a game. Uh, But I have been, I expected a lot more out of him. And then I look at Damian Alford. He's got four receptions so far this year. Uh, Obviously the beautiful throw from Garrett Schrader against UConn for the 47-yard score. Uh, But that basically is his stat line this season, is that touchdown. (laughs) Anthony Queeley with one 12-yard catch in the Wagner game last week. I wasn't sure Anthony Queeley was on the team until I saw that catch against Wagner. People were asking us about that. We've tweeted at DM'd, what's the story with Anthony Queeley? I don't know. I guess he's just they've decided he's not very good. And I don't know if I disagree with that take. Um, yeah. because last year I watched the ball go through his hands in the end zone on more than one occasion and I wanted to pull my hair out. So Anthony Queeley, maybe he makes it back onto the, uh, to the starting core, but I doubt it probably not yeah. this time around. It's been just that trio. Like I expected so much from all three of them and, and Courtney is kind of safe on this list in terms of still contributing and, and doing their part when it's time. But the the other two components of that three-headed monster, that is a very generous term, I guess, going into the season to call it a monster, but that trio of returning receivers that what, combined for over 850 yards last year, uh, which is you know not a bad number given Sean Tucker's got, what, 250 and change, and there were only what, 1,700 total passing yards. Uh, so they were sort of where I was expecting or where I expected these yards to be. And I guess they're my biggest disappointment in terms of just I, I, I don't see the productivity. And outside of Courtney Jackson, I'm not sure uh, where I fall on the contributions that you'll see from the other two. Alford's had a few moments and I feel like still gets targeted occasionally because of the height. But Anthony and he's Curry, got good potential, saying, but he just yeah, hasn't done it. It's not there, which I guess is why. I'm disappointed. And maybe it's I'm disappointed because of how high you were on Damian Alford consistently as well. Like that was your guy and you've always hyped him up. And it's it's tough to see. I think even when we had that sort of wide receiver one conversation earlier on in the year, you were like, oh, let's not count out Damian Alford just yet. That was my pick. Uh, Yeah. But it's been it's been unfortunate to see them not sort of be at the level that we thought they were going to in terms of contribution but i guess not to spoil your your biggest surprises that kind of can give a nod to your answer there true all right let's take another quick break for me to tell you about simply safe the numbers don't lie in the last decade over four million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home you don't need to earn the trust of that many people without doing something right uh, or you don't earn the trust. At Simply Save, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because people I know use Simply Safe. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. 
Here's why it's beloved by users around the globe. Uh, people out here are using a really great, simply safe technology. They've got everything that's new. Okay. They've got 24 seven professional monitoring. Their agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency. Even if you're not home or can't be reached, simply safe blankets, your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room window and door HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break in is real. So you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Uh, customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com backslash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay. Uh, we roll on here on Locked On Syracuse. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you. Uh, let's talk surprises. Go positives here at the end of the episode. Um, for me, it's Aronde Gadsden. This guy came into the season. Nobody really expected him to do well, but me especially. I was not high on him. Um, I had seen not, you know, I hadn't seen much from him. and But I don't know, really know why I wrote him off so early. But I was wrong, and I'm willing to admit that. Uh, Aronde has been so, so good for Syracuse. Every time the ball is in his vicinity, it seems like he makes the catch. Averages 16 yards per catch, 23 grabs through five games this year, 366 yards, three touchdowns, including, of course, that huge touchdown at the end of the Purdue game. He's been fantastic, uh, and it's just been a pleasure to watch Aronde play. So he is my uh, biggest surprise of the year. I, I, I've been so sh- pleased with Aronde, really. Like his jump to... I know he's listed as a tight end, but wide receiver one receiving option. Number one has been really cool. Cause we just weren't sure what to expect. And then we had ideas when we saw that first depth chart come out, but we still didn't really know. And then he's just sort of progressively solidified that I, I see him, I guess not in the true skill level, but I just like, I, I think of Cooper cup and that the ball always ends up with him because he's always open. And like, I just, I feel like that that's where I sort of stand on a Ronde right now. And just like, he gets his fill cause he's open and he's not necessarily making the craziest plays or the craziest catches or the flashiest things, but he runs the route. Well, he gets open and, and he does the job. And that's why the ball continues to make its way to him. Uh, and I, I've been astonished to see that. So I, I would agree in terms of biggest surprises uh, in terms of the positives so far this year. I went with and I went back and forth on this, but so I'm gonna go with my gut and my first thought. Uh, I'm shocked to see Andre Schmidt back kicking like he was when you know you you've heard three seasons of former Lou Groza award winner and really questioned how did that happen? And, and this season, once again, you you can see like, yeah, I get it again. I, it makes sense that he was once like that. And once kicking with that consistency, he's been phenomenal this year, 11 or 10 for 11 right now. He missed a 41 yarder against Purdue, but
but he hit a 50-yarder in that game. So they offset, maybe, in my opinion, they can offset, especially that Syracuse ends up getting a win. Uh, but he really, like, he's made the strides, and Dino has had a ton of praise for him and sort of said that that he's bought back in this year. Um, I guess in his own way of phrasing it, I sort of beat around the bush and speaking vaguely, if you could believe that Dino is doing that in terms of what you saw from him the last couple of years and what might've been the issue. But it definitely seems like from Dino's perspective, he's changed, I guess, for the better and is a little bit more committed this year in whatever capacity that might mean. And you're seeing it. He's really done the job. Five field goals in the, uh, in the Virginia game, just did what you want him to do Uh, has been kicking the ball through the uprights and I'll, I'll give him the nod because it's once again, it makes sense. I'll repeat myself. It makes sense to hear former Lou Groza award winner uh, based on the way he's kicking the ball this year. Yeah. Uh, Bob podcast was talking about that a little bit, um, how he wants to win that Lou Groza. And uh, that'd be a really cool. Like yeah. career arc for him. To book at- Wins it walks on, wins it his freshman year and then finish it and then, gets bad and everyone was like this guy stinks especially last year he struggled year. the last he was years. awful last year yeah and i did not believe in him at any point and this year if he came back and won it again that'd be sick that'd be awesome um but hey andre yeah. we're pulling for you here all right honorable well that's mention. all the time do you have oh, any mentions why not uh caleb okachukwu like honorable that. mention for me um i like that i was throwing leon lowry in i had no yeah, anwar sparrow yeah, a couple of the defensive guys that have stepped up uh, via injury sure. uh, definitely surprises to come in and, and compete. And I think, you know, we'll post this at some point tomorrow as well. Leon Lowry was uh, a top five PFF grade this week as well. Uh, so stepping up, although it was a Wagner game, cool to see, Still, you know, yeah. guys that we weren't really expecting anything from or even talking about preseason coming in and contributing. Always nice uh, and always worth a little shout in some capacity. So. Nod to y'all. Well done. Keep it up. Uh, but yeah. Absolutely. Good surprise. All right. Well, that's all the time we got today. Go get more on the ACC. Go make Lockdown ACC your second listen every day after making Lockdown Syracuse your first, of course. Uh, Candace Cooper and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. That make Lockdown ACC your second listen. I'm Matt Bonaparte. He's Owen Valentine. We will be back tomorrow with more.